This podcast is a part of the Dragon Suplex Podcast Network. Find us wherever you get your podcasts and visit us at chopskicksandnearfalls.com for daily articles about wrestling from around the globe. Welcome wrestling fans, welcome to Curtain Jerk, and as always, I am your host, Jacob Grandi, reporting for WrestlingWithWrestling.com and the Dragon Suplex Podcasting Network. It was a good week in wrestling. I'm not going to say great. I think great weeks are coming up. I think great weeks are coming up with the World Tag League, this best of the Super Juniors, the Super J-Cup Survivor Series, and all kinds of things, but this week, mediocre week, I'm not going to lie, guys, but we did have the first um, like big outside the pure title tournament Ring of Honor show. And uh, you got to love Quinn McKay. She starts off the show. She recaps Gresham's win last week. Um, and uh, Gresham calls out Roosh. Roosh is the world champion, hasn't defended the title in a long time. He lives in Mexico, can't get across the border. And then we had Dak Draper promo, uh, former WWE, um, it looks like maybe Florida Championship Wrestling um, standout here, left, realized that wrestling could be fun. He was in NXT from uh, 2012 to 2014. Actually, I have it written down here. Um, He went to... MCW, which was uh, the same school as Leo Rush and many others, and then he won the Ring of Honor Top Prospect Tournament, so you know he's standing out a little bit here in Ring of Honor versus Brian Johnson. He cuts a promo, Philly born, uh, 2012 made it to Ring of Honor. He had matches in New Japan before. Um, he went to Mexico in 2019 for uh, DTO. So uh, he's been, you know, bouncing around the world, and here he is finding himself in the Ring of Honor bubble, and they go at it. Brian Johnson versus Dak Draper. Um, a lot of trash talking here by Johnson in the early going. Johnson staying on him in the early going as well. Johnson uh, kind of uh, picks up the pace here and lets him know that he ain't fucking around here. He just punches him right off the beginning. This was a pure... Uh, title rules here so he just gives up the one punch uh right off the bat to kind of make a statement here which we didn't see that in the tournament as the announcers mentioned so i thought that was pretty cool uh and then draper falls right into the trap punches him back everything spills to the outside johnson almost gets counted out johnson tries to rally draper with an underhook lands it Draper with the, what do they call this here, the Dr. Bomb, one, two, Johnson kicks out, another pin, one, two, Johnson uses his second rope break, both men down, back up, uh, lots of pins going back and forth, deadlift by Dak, one, two, Johnson kicks out again, foot under the rope, using his third rope break, uh, at the 10 minute mark, Dak uses his first rope break, mega KO, one, two, three, Dak Draper gets the victory here, I was impressed by both these guys, but Dak Draper definitely stood out to me, first time seeing these guys, first time watching Ring of Honor, um, for a while, I mean, since, you know, I watched the Pure Title Tournament. But uh, after that, it's been about a, maybe a year since I kept up with the product. So here I am diving back into it. And so is Brody Lee. Uh, we've seen him in New Japan Strong, but he hasn't been in Ring of Honor in a while. 
He grew up going to hardcore shows, started wrestling at 27, which is crazy. Shades of DDP here by Brody King. Uh, He calls out Roosh too, but also says he's not looking past Dalton. Dalton Castle, former world heavyweight champion in his own right. Uh, Hard dealing with uh, wrestling post-surgery, but he's going to do it. He says, you know, he's coming across a little psychotic here. Like he's breaking down a little bit because of this injury. That's some depth that we really don't see a lot on Ring of Honor, and it was well, it was cool to see it. Uh, so the bell rings. Castle versus Brody. Um, nice main event here. Big fight feel, I would say, to this main event. A huge guy versus a former world champion. Uh, Castle stays on him in the early going. King punches him. Pure title rules not in effect here. Just a normal match here. Castle ducking it until he gets hit by it. Uh, he, he Castle then uh, hits an arm drag. Huge strike battle. Castle fires back, chokes him out. Castle, huge suplex, big knee, one, two, king kicks out. And another time, one, two, king kicks out again. German by Castle. King with a pile driver, one, two, Castle kicks out, both men down, Brody King connects with a huge kick to Castle, one, Castle spills to the floor, Uh, King goes after him on the floor, Uh, Brody goes up top, Castle trips him up, racks him King gets kneed on the apron. Bulldog by Castle. One, two. King kicks out again. Castle having some trouble here. Brody King with a gonzo bomb. One, two, three. Brody King beats Dalton Castle, the former champion. I know it's post-surgery. I know he's not the Dawson Castle of like you know a 2016-2017 but I was pretty shocked by this he loses in the first round of the tournament and then here he is losing to Brody King here Dalton Castle a bit of a losing streak uh Ring of Honor is going to have to uh keep my attention over the next few weeks because we do have the World Tag League we do have best of the Super Juniors and I want to focus a little bit on that on this show. We're going to be ranking the top 10 matches from the World Tag League combined with the best of Super Juniors. So we're going to have tag matches, mixing it up, competing with Cruiserweight matches, junior matches to uh, get the number one spot. Looking into the World Tag League here, we got um, the teams made up here. We have a... O Kanan and uh, a mystery opponent at this point. Bad Luck Fale and Chase Owens. Good to see them back in Japan. Evil and Yujiro. Another Bullet Club team here. Tama Tonga and Tonga Loa. So three Bullet Club teams out of ten possible teams. Tai Chi and Zack Sabre Jr. champions here. I love Zack Sabre Jr. Hate Tai Chi. Interesting tag team. It's like they're they have this tag team set up to fuck with me. Uh, Taka- Shingo Takagi and Sonata, that's going to be a good team. Ishii and Yano, Goto and Yoshihashi, Juice and Finley, good to see them back together in Japan as well. Tanaha- Tanahashi versus Han- Hanare. Um, this is pretty interesting mix-up. It's, it's cool to see Tanahashi in here. 
I think Finjuice is going to win it again for the second year in a row. Of course, a little redundant, but that's kind of been uh, the pattern with the World Tag League the last few years. And also, the team still feels fresh because they've had such a hiatus from the top picture really having competing since January or February in Japan. So I'm going to say that Finjuice is going to win the World Tagling for a second year in a row. Let me know what you guys think in the comments below. Also, let me know who you guys think is going to win the best of the Super Juniors tournament. Um, we're going to be going over every match here. We're going to be ranking the top 10. Uh, we're going to be diving into it just like we did the G1. A lot of people go over the G1, but a lot of people lay low for the World Tag League and Best of Super Juniors. I feel like since they're happening at the same time this year, why not talk about them as if they're one big awesome thing. Top 10 matches from Best of the Super Juniors and World Tag League are going to be given to you each week on this show. So listen up. And then the competitors for the best of Super Juniors are Dookie, a man who made himself a name for himself in Mexico, Japanese native, back in Japan. <clears throat> cool to see. Bushi, who's kidding who? This guy's not winning. He has a sick suicide dive, but he's been kind of uh, staying stagnant, stagnant in the lower part of the card since like 2015. Robbie Eagles, good to see him back. Uh, New Zealand native or Australian native? I'm sorry, I'm not uh, not exactly sure, but he's from the land down under. I know that, and he's uh, killing it here. He killed it last year. Let's see what he can do. Oh, show high voltage show. So they're giving him a nickname. They're maybe pushing him away from Yo. Here he is in this tournament, third entrant, third consecutive year for show. I, I want to pick him, but it doesn't look like they're doing much with him since the pandemic. Master Watu, um, he went on an excursion, and he has had uh, left a lot to be desired since he's gotten back. Maybe this tournament will be the standout tournament for him. And then we have uh, Taguchi. Um, he's like the Yano of the juniors division. It's going to be uh, funny to see him in this tournament, but I don't think he's going to win the tournament, even though he's won in years past and does pretty well every year in this tournament. Hiromu Takahashi. Man, if I didn't already pick Sho, I think I would pick Hiromu. He won it uh, yeah, 2018, uh, two years in a uh, first one back in two years, it says here. Winner of the best of Super Juniors in 2018 so that's pretty cool and then uh yoshi kanemaru i heard that i think this might be old i think kanemaru is going to get replaced but we don't know who he's going to be replaced by yet so stay tuned with that stay tuned to curtain jerkin in the following weeks to find out who will replace kanemaru el desperado um you know, he's one of those guys who can go from, I feel like, a junior to a heavyweight wherever you need him. But we need him here in the best of super junior, so here he is. He's got a cool look, but uh, he tends to be lazy. So you can tell right away if he's going to do well in the tournament because he definitely works harder when he gets that push. And then Taiji Ishimori, the champion, he bone soldier here he kills it so it's going to be cool to see him go up against all these other competitors in this tournament i see him going far but he's already got the championship so it'd be kind of boring if he won so i think it's either going to be show or hiromu winning it and uh i i almost hesitate to pick hiromu even though it seems obvious because he just had a match 
against evil for the world title. He's super over. He's already won the tournament. I feel like regardless of his size, you got to move on with him. And the only place to move on with him is the heavyweight ranks. So despite his size and because of his popularity, I would just move him to maybe a never title picture. I would get him out of this junior's titles picture because as much as we love him, we've seen it before. You've told all the stories you can tell with him in this junior's division. Moving on to the Wednesday Night Wars, I got to say I was a little disappointed. I usually come on and say it was a great week in wrestling, but both shows were very um, subpar this week. Not very subpar. Both shows were subpar this week. Um, not a lot of wrestling on either show. Usually we have about 11, sometimes even 12 matches to rank for you guys. We don't even have a top 10 this week. There's only nine matches between both shows. Uh, I remember there being impacts back in the day with like 14 matches on them but uh you know these matches were a little higher quality than that we're going to dive right into it uh tay conti versus red velvet solid little match here um but you know conti wins they're kind of setting up um that uh Anna Jay wants Ty Conti to join the Dark Order, use a chair. Uh, she doesn't want to use the chair, but she still gets the victory. Um, the problem I had with this one was there was a good match, Scorpio Sky versus uh, Sean Spears, right before this one where the uh, Tully Blanchard jumps up and throws a weapon to Sean Spears and throws a weapon to Scorpio Sky, and Scorpio Sky doesn't use it. So back-to-back, pretty much the... Uh, the same you know finish here is the good guy doesn't want to use a weapon thatcher versus loomis could have had potential but cameron grimes uh distracted dexter loomis uh you know i'm tired of seeing the distraction finish in nxt and that's why oni lorkin and danny birch versus brizongo was on here pete dunn comes out drake maverick comes out tons of distractions Champions retain. That's number seven. Seidel versus Cage. Solid little match. I guess with uh, matches that I kind of uh, didn't like, you know, on the bottom, a match like this that didn't really stand out in any way, shooting up top and number six, you know, could maybe get in the top five. Spears and Sky, same way. These two matches are really interchangeable for me. Um, They were there. They were good. Um, they didn't stand out in any way, so they're right here in the middle of the pack. Then we have uh, Escobar versus Atlas at number four. Solid match. Always good to see these guys go out of your way and watch it. Number three, Gargano versus Leon Ruff. Oh my God, you gotta love this shit. Uh, he, you know, pandemic era wrestling. They had a hard time uh, filling out these shows, and then here you go. You see him on Raw. Uh, you know, get losing to Austin Theory. And then all of a sudden you hear the news that he gets signed to WWE. You see him lose to Austin Theory in NXT. And then all of a sudden Gargano does the spin the wheel, make the deal. You know, Priest does distract him, but I mean, it's NXT. I guess you get that everywhere. You get the joyous, the joyous, uh, just celebration of Leon winning the title. He was too skinny for the belt. Great visual. Uh, definitely the most memorable uh, thing that happened on Wednesday Night Wars this week was Leon Ruff getting the title. Number two, 
Pinta versus Phoenix. Not as good as the first ones, but still very good. More ruthless than the first one, tearing at each other's masks. Really good match here, but it didn't hold a candle to the bunkhouse brawl match. Butcher and Blade versus QT and Dustin. Bunny getting involved here. God damn, Bunny is very attractive. So anytime I get to see her stab a man with scissors, I'm not changing the channel. Believe you me. A big elbow drop off the top from QT to Blade. Blade bleeding profusely. Blade bleeding like, uh, you know, Dusty back in the day. Um, getting the pin here, though. QT Marshall with the big elbow off the top. You can tell that he was super excited to drop the elbow. Almost as excited as I was to see him drop the elbow. This was a classic matchup. Um, Butcher and Blade have really found their uh, niche here in the tag division. I mean, the Young Bucks and uh, Butcher and Blade anywhere in the building match was great. And then here is this bunkhouse brawl that was good as well. Uh, Butcher and Blade finding their own here, their own niche here in this giant tag division of AEW. That's probably Pinta and Phoenix, Butcher and Blade versus QT, and then the Leon Ruff stuff would be the only things I would go out of my way to watch from the Wednesday Night Wars this week, sadly enough. Yes, sorry to be a downer, guys, but, you know, the Wednesday Night Wars... um, wasn't it for me this week uh hopefully next week maybe some of these japanese tournaments will pull me into being a fan again i'm losing it though guys i gotta say conrad just gave me all those shout outs saying that if he watched as much wrestling as i did he would be burned out and maybe ironically enough i got a little burned out this week um but i still watched it and i also watched main event of course the main event of curtain jerkin is always main event eric without um, Hansen or what do they call him Ibar in the WB comes out versus main event staple Akira Tozawa uh, Eric just tosses Akira Tozawa right at the early going Tozawa though ducks Eric runs into the turnbuckle dropkick senton one count Eric kicks out Eric lands a huge forearm one two Tozawa kicks out huge knee by Eric Tozawa gets caught deadlift up knee strike down one two three Eric gets the victory it's cool to see him get a few wins here um it's interesting to see you know they kind of uh, broke up otis and tucker and then they didn't mean to but then the viking raiders you know are on a little bit of a hiatus so it's interesting to see what they're doing with eric and what they're not doing with tucker because uh I guess that shows you who they're pushing here or who they want to push when the partner gets back. But, man, I feel bad for Tucker, man. They put him in those long tights. He looked like Wesley Blake out there. And you do not want to look like Wesley Blake on the main roster or probably in NXT at this point. But that wasn't the main event of main event. The main event of main event was Humberto Carrillo, staple of main event at this point, versus another staple of main event at this point, Grand Metallic. Neck and neck in the early going. Metallic uh, uses the ropes to hit a head scissors. Carrillo kind of answers back here with an arm drag. Metallic in trouble, rolls outside. Carrillo goes after him, gets him back in the ring, and uh, starts wearing him down. Um... Big DDT by Metallic, springboard discus kick by um, Carrillo, one, two, Metallic kicks out of that, moonsault, no one home, but 
Carrillo rolls through, hits that reverse power bomb that he's been hitting to win a lot of matches here on main event, and he wins this match on main event. One, two, three. Humberto Carrillo gets the victory. Does it matter? Does that mean he's going to go on to Raw and do great things? Does it mean that he gets a U.S. title shot, a Cruiserweight title shot? Does it mean anything at all? No. But does he get the victory? Yes. Samoa Joe actually was calling the action on main event. I like it because I watch main event, but I don't want to see Samoa Joe maybe uh, lose his seat on Raw. I want to see him on Raw. As much as I like seeing him in the ring, I also like seeing him on the uh, commentary desk for Monday Night Raw. I think he's the great, the best announcer they have right now. But we will see in the coming weeks, guys. This is just a little mini episode for you guys to maybe showcase what we have coming up. Let me know if you like the Wednesday Night Wars. Let me know if I'm crazy. Let me know your ranking of the Wednesday Night Wars in the comments or hit me up at JG Pro Wrestling. And let me know if you want to get a baseball tee. I've been selling these baseball tees. DM me on Twitter or Instagram to see if you want one of these curtain jerking baseball tees. As always, guys, fly high. I'm out.